I don't know at that point you're not officially First Baptist. No, what, we weren't anything. Did you even give this band of 40 a name, or was it just like, hey, we're the people that are going to meet in this building? What, what was that? I think what actually happened there, it, it happened during the time that Carolyn and I were on vacation. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. They decided, they got y'all out of there and they said, hey, we're going to make there. some decisions. They knew they could get something yeah. done. <laughs> we are all saved the same way, but each of our stories are different. This is my Grace Life story, a series of podcasts where members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. Here now is Senior Associate Pastor Matt Fowler. Thanks, Tim, and welcome to the inaugural episode of My Grace Life Story. Over these next weeks and months, we'll be hearing from Grace Life Church members as they share their Grace Life stories with us here on the podcast. As we begin these podcasts, we thought it would be fitting to go back to the beginning and hear the story of how this church came to be. So with that in mind, our first guests are Gary and Carolyn Meany, who have been here since day one. It's good to have you guys with us today as we begin this journey. Gary, we'll start with you, and if you guys would, just introduce yourselves and give us a couple of facts about who you are, and then Miss Carolyn, we'll get you to do the same. Well, I've been here at Grace Life back uh, ever well back when it was uh, First Baptist Church, and uh, I can remember it being born. Uh, uh, I've been fortunate to be able to be here since uh, since day one. All on right, night, night it was born, which was in 1977. Yeah, wow, good deal, Miss Carolyn. Since I'm married to him, I came with him. <laughs> yes, so ma'am. I guess that that's a good idea. So. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. I'm retired. I was CEO of a credit union. Okay. We continue to serve here. We're both in the choir, and I'm a gr- small groups teacher. Okay. All right. And Gary, you lead small groups as well, or no? You're just coming no, to class right now? I'm just in there. I'm kind of uh, helping uh, John right now as okay. an outreach leader. You're in that last class, brother. Uh, <laughs> right? Not another one above except heaven, brother. That's right. That, you, when you promote from that class, you go to be with the Lord. Yeah, right? Exactly right. The best promotion uh-huh. that we have, right? So, yeah. Well, that's great. Well, if you guys could, and Miss Carolyn, we'll start with you on this one. If you could just share a little bit about your testimony, when you came to know the Lord and how the Lord worked in your life at that time. So share with us some of those things. Okay. It happened to be that my brother-in-law... My sister was 10 years older than I. He was a Baptist minister. Okay. And uh, I had a lot of time they had four children. And so I was the tag along to kind of watch the kids. Gotcha. Because they sang in this. So one Sunday night, the Lord had had me under conviction for a long time. Okay. How old were you at this time? Uh, I was 13. 13. Okay. So as uh, he, he preached that night, he was there as a guest preacher. And uh, it was one of those times when people say you try to hang on to the back of the pew and you can't. (laughs) And it was one of the old-fashioned altar-type calls things. And I was saved that night. And the thing I most remember is going home Mm -hmm. and being able to tell my mom, Mother, I got saved last night. Right. And that's... That is that, and then from then on, it's just been a journey. Yeah, amen, amen. Well, I don't mean to be rude here, Miss Carolyn, but just for a little context, you were 13 then. How old are you now? Oh, me, I'm 81. 81. So yes, we've been walking with the Lord for a long time now. That's great. That's wonderful, Gary. How about you? Just a little bit about your testimony and coming to know the Lord. Right. Uh, well, I was uh, just a young kid. I was either nine or ten years old. Don't remember just exactly for sure how old. And okay. was. Uh, my mother and dad, nobody in our family went to church, but mother always uh, wanted me to go. So she okay. would uh, dress me and I'd send me down to the uh, old Southside Baptist Church there in Sheffield. Okay. I don't know just exactly when it was. I guess it was during a revival, but right. uh, a pastor was uh, Gurney Prater. Of course, just one night I just felt like, man, 
I need the Lord. I'm lost. And yeah. if, if the Lord don't save me now, I know where I'm going to wind right. up, and yeah. I sure don't want to go to hell. Yeah. And so yeah. it's just been a journey ever since then. And, right. uh, of course, grew up there uh, at Southside as I grew up. Of course, we're saved there. And then actually became, we didn't call them ministers of music at that time, but I okay. led singing, started out when I was just a, a teenager oh, there. Oh, wow. And I guess led singing there for Near 15 or 20 years here until we left. Yep. That's great. So, you know, since your family didn't go, Gary, did you go just by yourself? Or even after the Lord saved you, did did any of your family begin to attend church with you? Oh, yeah. It was was later on. uh, My mother finally uh, become to to know the Lord, and then my dad also, and then my sister. So our whole family was there and was actually slave there at Southside. Wow. Amen. uh, But uh, they would uh, make sure that I would go. I had an old motorcycle. Scooter that I okay, down, uh, all right, yeah. So rode. you didn't have to walk. I, I didn't have, you did I have motorized transportation or a motorcycle. So. Okay, all right, I got you. Uh, so. We actually live next door, but I didn't get to ride behind him on his motorcycle. <laughs> uh, but my mother was raised Methodist. Okay. My dad was not saved. Okay, and as far as we know, even with all the testimonies and the encouragement, unless he did it in private that we never knew about, he never right. expressed that. Mm. But my mother became a Baptist okay. and went to the same church. Okay. And so my mother and dad, or my mother didn't drive, so my dad always took me. Yeah. There was some way that they got me there to make sure that I was in church. I got you. So so you guys, y'all kind of grew up in this church together? Y'all the close to the same door. age? <laughs> yeah, I'm 84. Okay, I will so, be 84 yeah. next month. Okay, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. I got you. But, so, uh, wow. Neat. I didn't realize that. Well, we that. grew up together because she moved into the neighborhood. There was one house between us. Okay. And uh, she moved into the neighborhood when she was 10 years old. All right. <laughs> And so we uh, were actually cowboys and Indians and soldiers and all of that kind of <laughs> stuff uh, yeah. through, through the years. So really, really grew up together. And I don't reckon we really ever got really seriously about dating until uh, I was in senior in high school or just out of high school. And but but I've I've had her ever since she was ten years old. Really. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now what what high school did y'all graduate from? Uh, Sheffield High School. Sheffield. 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 I graduated in 1956, and Carolyn graduated in 1959. Okay. Were they the Sheffield Bulldogs back then? Oh yeah. Sheffield Bulldogs. So y'all are Bulldogs through. But we moved to Muscle Shows in '64. Okay. So we've actually been Trojans, I guess. Really, okay. you, once you're into a. A community usually you right. kind of and uh, I had a brother my brother Ronnie goes here he okay. played football right and then at Sheffield and then I had a nephew David Ryan who's now deceased that he played football here at most shows as right. a Trojan okay so it was one of the he was on one of the first football How about that? teams yeah I got you well good so the Lord saves you, you guys you, you grew up together uh, how old were y'all when you got married uh, almost 63 years. Okay. Uh, 62. She, uh, October the 9th. Okay. So we will actually she, be. She was 18. Okay. And I was 21. All right. But in uh, those days, you had to be 21 to be able to get married without having to get a license right. and all of that kind of stuff. Okay. All right. So how did that work so, itself out? You well, were legal, but she wasn't. So what does that I, mean? No, she was legal, but I wasn't. Oh, okay. A, right. girl could, way a lady could be you. 18, okay. but the man had to be 21. I got you. This was his statement. He turned 21 on September the 24th, and okay. he said, we're not getting married. If they don't have to sign for you, my mom and daddy's not going to have to sign for me. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so all right. We, we put off our wedding until uh, October the 9th. Okay. <clears throat> all right. <laughs> 
Wow. Amen. So uh, you guys get married at that point in time. Were you still leading the music some there at oh, Southside? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Good. And I, I, we did the youth. Okay. It's a small church, so right. uh, we were involved. Of course, I always, I've always taught Sunday school okay. from yeah. then on. You know, the Bible school, the everything. But his main function in the church at that time was in the music department. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Yeah. I was uh, ordained a deacon there. But I did work uh, when they built the building that they were there, and now I was I was able to kind of uh, work on the building committee and okay. uh, kind of drew the uh, floor plans for the Southside Baptist Church that exists there now. Gotcha. And my dad and I, he was an electrician, and of course he and I wired that church. So right. climbing around in the ceilings and everything with him over the years has yeah. kind of taught me a lot. You've done that at a couple of different churches then, right? Because you did some of that here at Grace Life oh, as well yeah. a long yeah, time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah the, the specific <laughs> gift set that yeah. allows you to be able to do some of those things. So it's all right. So you're, you're uh, you know, you're leading, leading the music there and Miss Carolyn, you're teaching Sunday school and you guys are very involved. And so let, let's fast forward a little bit. At, at what point then did you guys get to Grace Life? Of course, back then, uh, well, when you guys came, I guess it was it was just beginning. So y'all were there from the start. So you know, uh, uh, how old were y'all when that came about? G- give me some background on what was happening in your lives, how this church came to be. I, you know, walk me through that story a little bit. Well, we, we again, like I said, we were at Southside. It was in, I guess, 1976, 75, somewhere, somewhere along in area. there. Okay. And I don't know, uh, the Lord just began to impress Carolyn and I that we just wasn't being fed like we uh, felt like we ought to be. Right. And so we began to um, wonder, you know, whether what God wanted us us to do. And so uh, finally we just felt like that it was time for us to to leave. We uh, had our friends at that time. We were real good friends with uh, Clifford and Helen Battles. We had met them, and they were our best friends at that time, and then another uh, couple that we were going with. But anyhow, God began to have some things that happened in our lives and kind of created not a little, much of a conflict, but something like that. And then finally, we we left, and we wound up uh, going to... uh, well, we didn't plan on it. We wound up going to Woodward Avenue. Okay. Max Briggs was the pastor there at Woodward Avenue at that time. And he um, was the first time that Carolyn and I had ever been involved in expository preaching. Okay. And, uh, but there was some reason in things there that uh, a lot of the people there at uh, Woodward Avenue at that time didn't really care for, care for that. But anyhow, Max came over to our a house one night before we actually joined Woodward Avenue, and we sat at our kitchen table, and he just felt like he said, uh, talking to Carolyn and I, he said, I just feel like that God's going to to build up a, a church in this community to where everyone from all over the place will be coming, hmm. you know, and, and becoming a part of. Right. Well, we didn't know it at that time, but anyhow, we joined uh, uh, Woodward Avenue, and four months later, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let me interject here. Brother okay. Bob Pittman, our first pastor, right. actually had preached a three-day revival there. And that okay, was at Woodward time, Avenue, right? At okay. Woodward Avenue, gotcha. and that was where we had first learned of him. Okay. And so that was kind of the beginning where the church, as he preached, the church 
did not accept, seemed to not accept some of the things he was preaching. Right. Got you. Do you remember what any of those sermons were about? Were there a particular doctrine, or, or what was it that they really just thought? I, no, don't, I don't remember want that. that in particular. Okay. But mm-hmm. I do remember very vividly right. that people were angry. That okay. uh, and then there was a group of people, thank goodness, that we were part of, that could not get enough of it. Mm. Yeah. And so that was the beginning of our dis- – I mean, we weren't dissatisfied. I don't mean it like that. Right. But we still knew that there was something more out there right. that God would have intended not only for us but for others. When he was talking about Max Briggs, he thought he was talking about the church we were – he was wanting us to join. Right. Never dreaming and yeah. in a million years that right. Grace Life or First Baptist would ever come into existence like right. it is now. Yeah. Okay. So you guys were there roughly four months. Four months. At yeah. Woodward Avenue, mm-hmm. and then you know, some of seems that maybe some people are not receiving the word, and so what? What were the discussions like around? Hey, maybe there should be another <laughs> church. I, you know, what was that like? Well, I, Carolyn and I were visiting it at that time before we joined Woodward Avenue. We were driving down the street. She said something other about, "Well, where are we going to go visit today?" And I said, well, it must be Woodward Avenue since we're in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was so, the closest yeah, one, that was a, right? That was, I think, a real so distinct so sign from the board. Of course, Max Briggs, and, you know, Carolyn mentioned, you know, Bob Pittman was, I guess he's considered the first. But actually, Max Briggs was the pastor here for about two months okay. before, uh, even before Bob. Gotcha. Uh, Brother Bob was ever here. Okay. But uh, but I, I was fortunate to be on uh on two pulpit committees okay. here when it started out. Right. Uh, we went to visit with uh, Brother Bob, and then also years later when we finally uh, called uh, Brother Jeff. Yeah. So, uh, so what, I'm so, thankful for that. All right, so, so two different pulpit committees. So let, let's talk about the first one, the first pulpit <laughs> committee. So things are getting started here, and, and obviously you've heard Brother Bob preach, mm-hmm. and, and and seemed like the Lord, at least in your lives, blessed, and you knew this was the Word of God. This man's preaching the scriptures. Well, he actually to came us. as an interim, right? Because okay. he was in full time evangelism. I got you. And he actually made the statement, "I will, I won't ever come out of his evangel-. He had been a pastor sure. before. I will never again go back into the pastorate. Okay. And so that was kind of put on hold. But as he continued to preach. Uh, the word just became so more enlivened. And like I said, Gary happened to be on that. And I remember us talking and he just said, God just will not let me go that we still need to go and talk to him. We need to, we need to, we just need to be able to clarify whether that God wants us to do something else right. or whether to continue in this direction. Okay. All right. So how many people were on that pulpit committee with you, Brother Gary? Mm, if I, can remember, I believe there was either five or six on that first one. Okay. Was it, was it a consensus among the five or six of you that, hey, we need to reach out to Brother Bob. We think this oh, may yeah. be the Lord leading here. And yeah, so that was – y'all were in agreement about that, oh, I yes, guess, most right? Def- most okay. All right. Most definitely. Um, so, you know, with Brother Bob saying, hey, I'm an evangelist, I'm an itinerant, uh, what, what, in, what did the Lord do to change his mind? Because obviously at some point he did, and Brother Bob <laughs> yeah. ended up here as a pastor. So what were those conversations like with him? Well, I I'm really don't remember. It's okay. Been, it's been so it's been a while ago. Right? Yeah, it's been a while ago. <laughs> I just remember us going up there and uh, visiting visiting in his home there okay. in Athens at that particular time. And as we discussed with everything, I, I guess the Lord just more or less impressed him that that's 
what he needed to do and where he needed to be. I, okay. Well, but, now, wasn't uh, there some conversation with him about, because you weren't meeting in a building at that point. No, or, no, no. I mean, talk a little bit about that and, and where you were and yeah. his kind of reluctance to come to a place <laughs> that didn't even have a building. Yeah. yeah. Well, our first uh, meetings that we had was done in the uh, old uh, Tuscumbia uh, Municipal Building. They uh, had kind utility, of a, I think yeah, it was. utility building, but it was in over, over in Tuscumbia. We met there for a few weeks, and then Carolyn and I we went on a vacation, <laughs> and came back, and then that's when things began to happen about uh, you know purchasing the land. Uh, Darn, uh, your skip, uh, let me interject here. We first, and I do not know who security, but it was the Lutheran building uh, oh, yeah. on mm-hmm. Woodward Avenue across. Okay. It's close to the ball field now. Okay. They're still there. And they did not have early, they didn't have Sunday school. Right. So they allowed us to have church, and we met at 8 o'clock. And we actually had a choir, believe it or not. We just kind of sang, and we met in a kitchen. It was a little narrow kitchen. They had their pulpit. They had one, but it was kind of like the Quakers where you step up into it. Right. And our rule was with them is that we would have to set it back up after our services, just like they had it to begin with for them to have their services. Right. So that was, we just rotated that around, that people who could stay and set the chairs back up, and there were no night services. Right. Uh, Later... Uh, Hayward Gunning allowed us. He owned the where his pharmacy was at that mm-hmm. time, and he allowed us. There was an empty, and we used uh, that as a Sunday school at night. Okay. We had mm-hmm. night, and so they met in different places to have Sunday school yeah. before this was actually even thought about having this property. Or, But they did, form, I know they formed a search committee, and I remember, of course, Shanky Sharp. Mm-hmm. He was, I think, uh, the head of that committee. Right. Gotcha. Was doing that, yeah. So at that point, when you guys are in the Tuscumbia Utility Building or you're in the Lutheran Church, how, how many people are we talking about? About 40. Okay. Yeah. About 40. I got you. Okay. And that would have been adults. They were several children, yeah. you know, and that I, was included in that. I know at that point you're not officially First Baptist. No, what, we weren't anything. Did you even give this band of 40 a name, or was it just like, hey, we're the people that are going to meet in this building? What, what was that? I think what actually happened there, it, it happened during the time that Carolyn and I were on vacation. Okay, okay, yeah. all right. Okay. They decided, they got you all out of there and, and said, now we're going to make there. some decisions. They knew they right. something to And then uh, when... Uh, uh, they came back, I believe, Brother... It was Shanky. Uh, yeah, Shanky, and I believe that uh, Brother uh, Bob was was there as, as interim at that particular time. Right. And, and somehow they uh, got to looking around, and there wasn't a First a Baptist, Baptist Church right. in Muscle Shoals. Right. As far as name-wise. <laughs> right, yes, yes. So uh, for some reason, they, they chose that. Yeah. But they okay. had to have a na- we had to have a name before you could purchase property. You had to go through all the legal legalities yes. of doing that, and that's why we had to have a name. A lot was thrown around. Right. I rem- there's a lot of things I remember. Yeah. One of the, of course, this was after when the concrete slab was poured on what what we call the other the old building, the warehouse. Right. I can remember us. It was kind of a late afternoon, summer afternoon, and we came and knelt on that concrete slab. Mm -hmm. And uh, Brother Bob prayed that that would be the center that we would, that we that's how we would reach out to the all the center of Muscle Shows, 
Sheffield, Tuscumbia, wherever they were, that it would be a, a lighthouse. Yeah. But that's one of the things that really, really sticks out in my memory mm. is kneeling on that concrete. Yeah, wow. All right, so back to something that, that Tim mentioned a moment ago. So you're, you're on the, the pulpit committee, Brother Gary. You're talking for Brother Bob. He's doing evangelism, itinerant ministry. And uh, now here's this group of 40 that doesn't even have a building of their own. And so, uh, you know, I, I can understand that. I can understand a you know, guy that's, that's got a blessed itinerant ministry saying, you know, I'm not sure if I want to plug in. I, you know, where is this going to go? And so, yeah, what, you know, what, what did he say about some of those things? Well, he, he just believed that uh, I think that God would lead us uh, when we— But he did say—he told—I think he said to his wife, one of those— was had later told us about it. Said he said those people there will never make it. <laughs> <laughs> While we were at the Lutheran building, right. the, about this property property became the topic of discussion and mm-hmm. uh, and buying uh, this property, but we didn't have any money. Right. So uh, one uh, Sunday, I guess this is where our uh, faith uh, commitment offerings and uh, Christmas offerings came. Okay. Uh, but uh, our deacons and, uh, of course, under with the leadership of Brother Bob at that time, uh, we decided we'd take up a special offering to uh, endeavor to get enough to, to purchase or make a down payment on the property of where we stand now. Right. And so that particular Sunday morning, everybody brought their offering, which mm. we call our uh, faith promise offering, if you want right. to. We'd set up a table right up there in the front of the uh, meeting room, put all of our offering on it, and then we got got up there and we just got around it and we just prayed. And how in the world, I don't know why or how much the actually down payment on the property was going to be, but anyhow, we got up there and then afterwards we all counted the money, and there was more than enough to uh, make the down payment. Wow. On the property we got. I know Carolyn and I had to borrow <laughs> our first uh, faith commitment offer. We had to go to the credit union and borrow it to, uh, to, to make a down payment on the property. But uh, I've always God, said God it's, has worked it out from there. It just yeah. it was loaves and fishes because yeah. of, over the years have we've spoken to different people about that day about laying our offer. It was in an envelope, closed envelope. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, we had a little over twenty five thousand dollars. And I, I think that somewhere in that vicinity was the amount of the actual down payment okay. on the property. It's called the Underwood property. Right. Another thing God had, when he, because of like we have said that we knew how much we gave and it was not a lar- real large amount or anything. And everybody has said, you know, well, we only could give 500. We could only give. so, And that's why I've always believed that it was that God just multiplied the loaves yeah. and the fishes wow. that day mm. for us. And that was, I guess, maybe another sign that we felt like that God was really leading this just a little band of people. That was all it right. was that really wanted, uh, I guess, to hear the word. Right. Because if uh, growing up in, you know, I grew up in church from the time, well, really, since I was even younger than 13. But it was a very light, topical type of preaching. Right. I never had anything uh, to really challenge me to grow. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. Now, that was my fault. Right. But still, at the same time, I was never challenged in any way to grow spiritually. It was right. just you came to church, you sat through the sermon, and you went home. Yeah. That was kind of a, that was the thing. So when this began to happen, we were like— uh, 
a calf looking at a new gate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we were really, but we were so excited that God mm. was doing something that we could actually be a part of. Yeah. I, I was just reading out of First Peter this morning, and in chapter 2, it talks about how we, we long for the pure milk of the Word of God. And so there's something about when you, when you get that, you, you don't want anything else, right? You say, I, I need more of this. I, I, need, I need the Word of God. Let, let me find where that's going to be and who's going to give that to me, and I want to plant my life there. And so it sounds like what, that's what this band of folks had done. They had heard the Word of God. They wanted the Word of God. So how do we make this happen? And so at least... Part of that now, you're, you're meeting, and, and, and you're trying to call a pastor, and you're trying to get some property. And so, uh, you know, the Lord is putting these pieces together. A great illustration, Ms. Carolyn, about loaves and fishes. The Lord just, He takes he care did. of those things. Yes. Uh, he provides for them. Correct. So. So what, what was the total, do you remember a dollar amount on the cost of this property, like the total cost of what it was going to be? Seemed like it was over 200000 somewhere, okay. because it took us a while because the, in fact, how God opened this up, because the Underwoods, when they approached him, I think it was Shanky Sharp that was the head doing that. And when they will, we're never going to sell it. This is our old home place. This is ours where, no, well... No. We all just begin to pray about, well, Lord, if that's not the place, that's okay. We'll we'll find another. Well, it just would not let go. Right. So finally, the heirs said, okay, we will sell it for the X number of dollars. And it took, because you have to, because they were dead, you had to get all kinds of sign-offs and everything. Right. And it seemed like it, it took forever. But another thing that's very unique, now, I don't know if it is now, but if you put a compass, uh, I'm talking about the little with your pencil right. type of compass, where you set it and put Grace Life in the middle, it's in the middle mm-hmm. of this whole area. It just stretches. You don't realize that till you see it on paper. Right. That is, and I think that God just that's what He intended, and one way or the other, He was going to see it, whatever we did. He was going to make right. sure that we it was established. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So, so how long had you been meeting before Brother Bob officially says, okay, the Lord has worked in my life. Seems like the Lord is in this. I'll Not be long. your pastor. It wasn't, it wasn't very long at all. Okay. I don't think it was about a couple of three months if it was that long. Okay. All right. So yeah. it was pretty soon then. Yeah, it, so. it worked out pretty soon right. uh, because he felt like that it was time to, uh, you know, more or less to give up his uh, full-time evangelism. Right. And come go back into the pastorate. Okay. And so I guess it was just a couple of three months. It was months not long. It, it, no. wasn't, it wasn't a long period of time at all. Okay. I, and so how long from when you guys started meeting then did you did you pour the slab? And, and Ms. Carolyn, you also have already told us a little bit about kneeling on that slab. How long about did it take year, to get maybe. this going? So, okay. Yeah. It was very short. It was right. very short time because yeah. things just once we secured the property and uh it, it just seemed like it just moved very, very quickly. Gotcha. And so you get the property and, and get the slab poured, and then that eventually, I guess, becomes what what many people still know as the warehouse, Warehouse <laughs> Baptist, Absolutely. right? Get, get, okay, now there's going to be a lot of people listening to this podcast, even a lot of members of our church now that don't have a lot of context <laughs> for that. So so where did Warehouse Baptist come from? Yeah, you know, just, just tell the people what, what that means. Well, it became the Warehouse Baptist when it come up. It was a metal building sitting right out here in the middle of the <laughs> looked field. Like a big old and warehouse. looked like a big warehouse. <laughs> and there you go. And thus we have but so this Warehouse was, this Baptist. Was what, That's where it uh, came from. We would say is, okay, you know, God looked, uh, you know, man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart, Amen. and it's what's inside that counts, and that's right. kind of how people, when they would ask us questions, we'd say, and it's still today that I still people say, 
come and see. Yeah, yeah. Come and see what the Lord has done. Right. See, this, this original property, it didn't include the area of where our office building is, building right. A and stuff is. It was oh, just actually where, where building C was. Right. And there was an old farmhouse that stood just extremely to the east okay. of uh, where we built. Right. As a matter of fact, it was still standing there when uh, we was there, there on that slab and everything when they started to, to build it. Right. But it was just that one section there mm-hmm. and went, you know, back towards uh, Orman back there behind us and okay. all that kind of stuff. So the amount of property that we've got now... It wasn't. It wasn't part of that. All of that right. original. Right. Yeah. So we <laughs> well, had the, the original warehouse building. Year that right. it was. Right. Just what an old was the year of the big ice storm? Eighty-five. Okay. The big ice storm where our fellowship hall now was a skating rink. Yeah. And yeah. So 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 tell the story of that again. We've got a lot of folks here at Grace Life, and they and they probably never even <laughs> oh, heard that. Goodness. How the Lord. You know, and I say the Lord because the Lord orchestrates these things. And, and, and you know, so tell the story about, you know, the, the ice storm and, and, and how some of this other property came to be. Yeah, well, when we, um, uh, in 1985, all we had at that particular time was uh, building uh, C, which is our chapel the now. The chapel now. That's the chapel right. now, yes. And so we'll just call it the chapel. Okay. Because for years and years and years, we called it the old auditorium. Right, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But anyhow, uh the uh, building D, which is our uh, school area, right, primary school area now, it was already built at that particular time. But in 1985, we had a tremendous ice storm, mm-hmm. sleet, and I guess it was from eight to ten inches thick, wow. really. And at that particular time, there was a multitude of metal buildings that collapsed here up and down Avalon Avenue. Right. One of them, which is where our uh, fellowship hall building now is was a skating rink and of course it completely collapsed the whole roof of it just fell in and all right. the way down to the to the slab inside our buildings here the, what's the chapel it got uh, a little bit of bulging down we came in there and we took all of the ceiling tiles so you ended uh, up in the ceiling of another church building, yeah. right, which you had already done at Southside. Now yeah, you're doing yeah, that at First Baptist. Yeah, now, so. yeah, now we're, we're at First Baptist. Now. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, we took the ceiling, ceiling tile out uh, so that the heat from could go up and kind of melt the ice off the building. Right. Building D, it completely, the roof sagged completely in mm-hmm. in it, and that you could walk through the upstairs there where the nursery and everything is, and you could reach up and t- wow. touch the uh ceiling right wow it, it it bowled down that much so we got there was a bunch of us a few men we got up there on the top i don't know where you were, were here at that time mm-hmm. well you was you there with a the shovel i wasn't here with the shovel but okay. i was but, here uh, when it was all happening yeah, yeah. but uh we got up on top of that building and shoveled the ice off wow. and when we did it just popped back up hmm. in the I think place. you said we lost a few tiles. And that was and it. So, yeah. uh, we're, uh, I mean, all over the show's area. All yeah. buildings collapsed everywhere. Wow. But then it was years, it was years after that then that we got, and then we began to make a uh, deal with, uh, I forgot the guy's name. Kirkland. Kirkland. Lex Kirkland owned uh, the skating ring at okay. that time. And so we worked out a deal with him, traded, uh, got that area, and then we owned back over across the road Armin there was part of our property also at that time okay. and we traded that and worked out some deal and actually were able was able to secure that uh, 
skating rink building. Okay. And One of the things I think is interesting as people come in, if they come in, as they come in from the building into the fellowship hall, if the light is just right and you look, you can still see the curve of the skating <laughs> rink. If you, yeah. A lot it's of people, the they, the, right it is, the you can see it. Okay, you, now I haven't seen that, Miss Carolyn, so now I'm going to look. No, I'm going to go and look and you, get the light just you, right. It has so to I be just that, right, so. for it to, but right. you can strictly see it well, and you're yeah. thinking, what is wrong with this? <laughs> now, now though, that where the thing's going and settling a little bit, you can actually feel it when you walk on it. I have felt it, yes, now that you say that. I didn't know that's what that was, but I got it now. The uh, skating rink, skating area was about eight inches lower than the uh, perimeter of everything. And so all of that area was filled in concrete and everything and brought back up to level to where all the floors was leveled. A lot of the building was uh, salvaged at that time. Some of the air conditioning units were salvaged, which we eventually used in uh, the Fellowship Hall building. But uh, just been amazing. Gary just happened to be, uh, he has a nephew who, who draws plans for houses. He's, okay. he, he doesn't have a degree, but he, he does for everybody now. Right. And so Gary has a little bit of that <laughs> inherited ability. Yeah. yeah. And so he designed, so if you don't like how the fellowship's laid out, the building, you'll have to blame him. Blame Brother Gary. I got <laughs> Because you. it was, uh, especially yeah. the upper floor. Right. The upper floor. I didn't have much to okay. do with the design uh, but of the But the men, uh, okay. they, I remember them coming and working, and they put up walls. Uh, yeah. Gary wired. They hit another gentleman, and they did as much work possibly as we could physically, our men did. And the women, we swept. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So, Tim, you were here when yeah. some of this was happening? Yeah, I was here when all that was when, going when on. When did you get here? I got here in 84. Okay, so, so, so kind of right, almost just right before. Yeah, when I got that, here, so. the the, uh, the building, the which is the chapel now, I'd only been there for five years when okay. I got here. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the building D, as Gary calls it, where the children's area is, was just freshly done in 84, so yeah. mm-hmm. right before I got here. So, yeah. But you weren't on staff in any oh, no, capacity no, 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 at this point. No, I didn't point, come on so. staff until six years later. Okay. Yeah. So what, what was, from a, a, your perspective, ice storm, skating rink falls in, <laughs> hey, maybe this. You know, how, how did you kind of well, view all of that? The story I had heard was that uh, they had talked to Mr. Kirkland previously about getting the property, and he didn't really want to talk about it mm-hmm. because he, he gave a price, but it was too high. Right. And then what I understand is that Brother Bob walked around the property seven times and prayed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Praying that God would give it, and the next thing you know, there's an ice storm and the building caves. And the walls uh, came so, tumbling down, yeah. right? Um, we were actually that week, the weekend that that happened, we were actually on a couple's retreat out at Earl Trent. Uh-huh. When, and it was 70 degrees at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We were all outside in short sleeves and shorts enjoying mm-hmm. it. And by that night, the, the ice storm started. Wow. Mm-hmm. And by the next morning, there's 8 or 10 inches of ice everywhere. And mm-hmm. so it was a freak yeah. It was a freak thing of nature that mm-hmm. God orchestrated. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So there, so there's a lot that, that goes that goes on here just in about a ten year time. I mean, you go from a you know, forty people and, and we don't have a building, don't have a pastor to we've called Brother Bob, he's our pastor now. You you've built a building and I storm now is giving you some more property and but but as far as what the Lord was doing spiritually in the church oh, at that goodness. time, talk to me, I mean, because this obviously you, you guys have already said that, hey, we just had a desire to hear the Word, and, and I know Brother Bob's an expositor, so you have someone who's going to exposit the Word to you now. So how was the Lord working spiritually in the context of the church during these early days? I, I think personally it was working wonderfully. 
I've always felt and I always believe is that you can have great leadership, but you've got to have great fellowship. Hmm. And I think at that particular time, uh, Tim, that our people here had been under the word enough and hearing the expository preaching and everything that we had heard, I think our feelings of spirituality was a whole lot stronger right. than they were in years and years past, which right. brought us together. But I think the combination of the leadership, good leadership, and good fellowship is what has brought us to the place that we are now. Yeah. I think that things like I'm sure it had been bandied about, and I'm I'm sure I remember having to mark it was either training union or Sunday school. Did you read your Bible? You know, I don't remember which one, but we had to mark if we'd read our Bible daily. And the idea, of course, Brother Jeff came on real not too much longer after that. He's been here that long, and quiet times. And uh, things of uh, of how to pray exactly. I remember. I think it's Pax now, but it was Acts at that mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And so it was uh, all of this. Even though Gary and I were uh, around forty, somewhere maybe thirty five. I don't remember the exact age. So many things were new. Right. I don't know how to explain that. But as you talk to people, as being in the choir, it just happened to be that uh, people maybe around me. And and they would they were in, we were in kind of in awe mm-hmm. of of how that personally that we were growing. Yeah, Women amen. talk more about that than men do. Right. <laughs> in that context, so as I think it, it was a time of the blossom beginning, the blossom, the bud mm-hmm. of where people they were desiring it, and so many people they would say, "Well, you know, I didn't know that y'all did this, or I didn't, I never." And honestly. There were things that, as Brother Bob preached or as Jeff taught or whatever, I think I knew, I knew them. But God, He that's that was the spiritual. He in in the heart, it was right. like, now I knew that. Yeah. And and He it just it made it where it was real. It was mm-hmm. not an abstract thought or an idea that is laying out there somewhere. Right. And I think that that was that bud yeah. that began to grow. The If you have the roots, and, you know, then, of course, the plant will flourish. And that was the beginning, I think, of people wanting to have a personal mm-hmm. growth. It wasn't just, oh, we're going to grow as a church, and we're th- right. going to do this. And, and I remember great revivals that we had and have people lined up. I remember all of that. But I don't remember that as much as it, things kind of stick out. At the time, Don Lenz was here. And I remember uh, there's two two things that happened in the old auditorium, old auditorium of the chapel, uh, <laughs> auditorium, is there was a song, and I don't remember all of it, but the the whole thought of it was that when we get to heaven, all rise. Hmm. And I remember that Sunday, they were singing that. I, I th- it might have been a special, and Don stood, hmm. and it was just like a quiet. I can't even begin to explain. They just, people begin to stand. And it right. was just a, a unity mm. that, um, another time I remember when, uh, I think it was the Balt Zigglers, I may be wrong, when uh, people uh, needed a new trailer, a place to live. They were itinerant musicians. Right. I know that I think uh, Pam and Jeff had been saving for something, and he shared that the Lord had said, I, we want to give this. 
And again, I remember people beginning to stand just mm. all over the building. Yeah. Nobody said, now what will you give? Or It had nothing to do with that. Right. And a lot of them never said, I don't remember them ever saying how much, maybe a few did. Right. But I remember one man stated, he said, you know, I sold a car. Mm. And he said, it's just money. And he gave whatever he had sold that car for. I remember a little girl that was in my Sunday school class that uh, she was having some problems at home. And I remember her standing and she said, all I have is $50, but that's what she wanted to give. Mm. And that meant her last $50. Right. So God just, he moved. It was just, it was not a plan. It was not anything. No, we're going to take up an offering. It just, it just blossomed. Yeah. And I know that we wound up having more than enough to buy them a nice trailer of some type or some type right. of a, an RV of some kind. Right. So there's always been things along that line. Yeah. That it's just, uh, there's times that this is what I have said. There's times, <laughs> and it's almost physical, when you feel like the Holy Spirit descends and you can almost cut it with a knife. Mm. And you can't explain that. You, right. Unless you were there and you understood that. So those are the kind of things that I remember more than I do dates and when we did things. Right. It was the, the spiritual things right. that I remember as, yeah. you know, as as we grew. Yeah. It does seem, and, and obviously some of the things you guys are talking about, I, I, I wasn't born yet, so I, I didn't get to experience <laughs> them. So it, it's fun for me to listen to some of these historical facts about, you know, the, the church coming to be. But it does seem, and, and I, I, I am sure and I hope that every local church has these gracious providences, these gracious works of God that sustains the church, but it does seem that in the life of Grace Life, what was once First Baptist, there there've been a number of those times where the Lord, just in His goodness and in His kindness, would provide, would preserve, would sustain, would give life. I mean, even just in some of the things we've talked about. I mean, you know, hey, we're just a, a forty folks, and we don't have a building. To now we have a building. Hey, we have a pastor, and and hey, an ice storm comes, and now we get another building, and you know, offerings or just times where the the Lord was just working and just just good to reflect sometimes on, on the goodness of, of God mm-hmm. and how he has provided. So so let, let's let's move forward a little bit. So Brother Gary, you mentioned that you were you've been on two pulpit committees here. And so you're on the pulpit committee that called Brother Bob. At some point Brother Bob receives a, a call to a local church in Memphis. And so he leaves, and so now you you find yourself on a second pulpit committee. You've mm-hmm. been here since the beginning. Uh, of the church. And so talk to me a little bit about uh, the, the pulpit committee and what was going on and, and how eventually uh, the pulpit committee calls Brother Jeff to come on. Because he had been on staff, you know, and, and had been working with the students and doing some other, other stuff at that point in time. But talk to me a little bit about what was going on in the life of the church and, and, and what the discussions were that eventually landed on. A, we need to issue this call to Brother Jeff to see if he wants to be our senior pastor. We, we began to uh, look around, pray, trying to think of where we would like to go to listen to some pastors and all. The pulpit committee, I don't remember exactly. I think it was five or six of us that was that, that we actually was on the committee. I know we went down to Gardendale and we went to someplace else. We had uh, Jackie Shelton, uh, 
uh, at that particular time right. from Moulton, mm -hmm. he said, well, he said, I don't know why you want to go or why you would even want to come and talk to me. He says, you got the best there is now, <laughs> uh, you know, talking about Brother Jeff. Right. And so we, we met uh, quite a few times. We prayed. We uh, got down on our knees and asked the Lord to lead us. We'd go here. God would close the door. And then all of a sudden, the light just began to just open that, hey, we've got what God wants us to have right here. Why right. go look for anything else? Yep. And so we finally, uh, as a committee, uh, were 100 hmm. percent in agreement that we felt like that uh, the man that God would have us to be to have to be the pastor here was Brother Jeff. Yeah. And so we... Uh, Went a lot. He's had closed doors. I remember one Sunday that they drove somewhere close to Birmingham, and uh, the preacher was supposed to be there, and he was sick, couldn't mm -hmm. preach. Mm -hmm. So it was things like that. that Again, uh, Providence. Yeah, I'll again, even say something about that Gary times. that uh, he said he felt, and he told the committee from the very beginning, he said, I think it's, going, it's Brother Jeff. He mm -hmm. said, I just feel... I just that's that's where that's where my that's where the spirit seems to be leading me. Not that he was a prophet or anything, right? But uh, and I think later uh, I remember Donna Bradley. Mm -hmm. She said, you know, you know, she was on the committee, right? Oh, uh, she was okay. on the committee, right? That you, you know, and she shared with Miss Mike. She said, well, I felt like that. I also felt like that from the beginning, but. She said, you know, you're, you don't want to be the one, you know, just put out there and be. <laughs> think. So I think that when it came to the consensus time, yeah, as we, Gary we, shared we, later, we really, they all we said really yes. We really tried to say that it wasn't right. You right. Know, we tried, wanted to, you know, couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. So so you're on that committee. Donna Bradley was on that committee. She's still here at Grace Life, obviously. Martha Griffin, yeah. I think, was on that committee. Which yes. she's She's talked yeah. with us a little bit about that as well who else Al alvin lynch okay I so alvin was on it i don't know whether donna uh patty delaney uh, she might have been on the no phone. it was another remember, man but, i think uh, okay uh norman i think norman rich okay so uh, so almost all of those folks are still here at grace life at this time so yeah. not Nor Nor brother norman's, norman's gone, gone on to a different local church but right. most of you are still here so i think so yeah yeah mm -hmm. wow uh, yeah. amen so so what about so you guys come to a, a consensus what about the congregation? Were they a consensus? Yes, Brother Jeff's our guy. Uh, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> Without had, maybe going into too well, many details. We had, well, but, yeah, but yeah, tell us sure. a little bit about some of that. So. A man called my husband, and he was, uh, was anti—I'll put it like okay, that. Okay, okay. And the thing that Gary asked him, well, why, you know, what it is, this is what he told him. He counted the number of times that Brother Jeff pulled up his pants, <laughs> hitched his pants, uh, uh, and that was one of the things that he that he had. Such a wonderfully so biblical Gary reason to not call this, someone. He right? made this statement to this man. He said, "Because the man said, well, I just want to tell you some things.'" And Gary stopped him and he said, "I want to tell you this. Whatever you tell me." I will tell the committee. I, I will tell them who told me. Right. And he hung up on him. Mm. So that, again, you don't think of that as providence. Right. But it is. Yeah, sure. And then, of course, later they, uh, they, they left the church. Right. But you look at things like that, that how God took care of different things. 
there was when they were they were speaking about Brother uh, Jeff and about him becoming a pastor and uh, one of the leaders stood and he had a list and he was going to go over this list and he he stood and he talked for about maybe 10 minutes maybe that maybe not that long but this is how God worked when he was through I remember turning to Gary and saying what did he say it it was and I can't, I don't mean he shut the mouth, right? But it, it it the things that were said did not make sense. They did not make uh, it didn't it didn't come out, right? I think like that. So God used a lot of different things, and at the time, I didn't think of it as being that. Right. But now I look back and I see how God orchestrated yeah, sure. things. But that was later, and other people have said, you know. Well, I just, I, what did he say? What was the, we never knew what the point was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, what about, now you're here at this time. So Tim, what about, yeah, you I know, was from your that, perspective? I know, I know you exactly that. what she's talking <laughs> yeah. about. I, you know, and there was another guy that got up to talk and he couldn't even talk. He mm. was just, he got so emotional he couldn't even talk, mm. which I, I think we all thought was the spirit just shutting him down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Was, yeah. So, so that's so that's been even that's been a long time ago now because Brother Jeff just yes. celebrated his 40th anniversary on staff. I know he hasn't yeah. been yeah. senior pastor that long, 1989. but yeah, so he, he he's been here a really long time. So, um, so you guys have shared with us you know a lot about the history of the church, but but just talk to me for just a few minutes now about why is it that that you are so glad because I can tell just in how you guys talk that uh, of how God has worked here, but. What's been some of the, the things that you've seen God just do in your life personally as you've been here since the mid-'70s, since this thing got started? And uh, just, you know, I, I know you can't summarize all of that into to a few minutes, so I'm asking you to do something impossible here. But as you look back over it all is. these— The first know, thing is, now, we always gave, but I never—and I'll I have to say it might have been more me. I don't know if it was or not—is— to tithe. Okay. You know, that people don't think a lot about that thing, but right. yet that's how God, and it was like, well, sure. Yeah. Why am I, Why have we not tithed before? Right, right. And I can give this as a testimony. He and I can. I had my sister, three of my sister's children to come live with me till they graduated high school. How in this world that we fed them and clothed them, <laughs> sent them to school, and they were teenagers. Right. I, I do not know on the money that we made. I right. really and truly do not. But I always think about that He won't. you won't see them begging bread. It just went. If mm-hmm. I needed something, it seemed like I found it on sale. Mm-hmm. I've never received money in the mail. Now, I wish I could testify <laughs> to that, but I have. But it just seemed like that God did that. And that began for me. Also, Gary and I's personality is very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's more laid back, and I'm more type A personality. Right. It became, it was just like the light went on for me. He's the leader. Hmm. He yeah. may be quiet when we give, like a special offering. That's another thing. We both pray about it. And this is kind of how God gives him one figure, God gives me another. It's either his or what's the highest. Yeah. Uh, it's just little things like that. Right. But personally, for me, it has been, it's been like the light journey. It's, it's like you, uh, I can even see things a year ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's and how God has progressed in just leading us in decisions right. that I thought I would never have 
to make, mm. and yet you do. So for me, it has been a journey. And when teaching everything from the young ladies till right. the older class that I have now is, a, and I'm a woman, and women can be as intellectually as smart as a man, but the man's the leader of the home. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I have always tried to stress, even yeah. from the youngest. Right. Now, he may not be a Christian, but yet you have to let, use him and let God apply with him. Right. So there's just so many in those, th- in those areas for me, prayer life. We're both retired. We uh, drink our, co- we prop up in the bed, drink our coffee, and do our quiet time together. <laughs> yeah, amen. And that's one of the, the greatest blessings I, I guess I have. Right, yeah. Brother Gary, how about you? Uh, really, it's almost identical to what she said, right. to, to be honest with you. Uh, of course, it has been a journey. I know as we have been growing up, God didn't give us children of our own. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I guess that's a, a blessing. Uh, we were able to, uh, like she said a while ago, our nieces and nephews, We've at one time we had five teenagers in the house. Yeah. And uh, after... Uh, her brother-in-law was killed in in '69, and of course, uh, his children, uh, due to the uh, sickness of her sister, uh, they came and and lived with us until really they got through school and right. and, and really married. Plus, uh, two or three foster kids that come in for the weekends and all of that kind of jazz and stayed yeah. with us. Brother Jeff lived with us on weekends. Yeah, for while he's in seminary. Yeah, for a wow. year, and then. Uh, Kathy Underwood lived yeah. with us for a for year, a year. Okay. while she when was she finishing came. up her masters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's so it's been a it's been a whirlwind, but God's been good to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything. Amen. Yeah. Well, I want to say just as we, we kind of land the plane here a bit, I you know, from my perspective, I'll say I, I have I feel like sometimes I've been here a long time. You have but in the grand <laughs> scheme of things I haven't, you know, and so there was a lot that happened. Before I was born, there was a lot that was ha- that happened here before I was spiritually born as well. Of course, I was converted here at this church. And so from my generation, you know, we, we owe folks like you guys a, a debt of gratitude because you were here and you served the Lord when things were small, uh, when we didn't have podcasts and recording studios and all the property that we have now and some of the ministries that the Lord has been good enough. But uh, you were willing to to step out in faith and say, Lord, we're going to obey you. And, and this, it may not always be fun. And uh, it may be in an old warehouse building and may be without a pastor for a while and then a transition to a new pastor. But I, I just want to say thank you on my behalf, my family's behalf, and on behalf of all the younger folks at Grace Life Church for your Grace Life story, which is one of seeing the unique providence of God at work in this particular local church and being willing just to trust the Lord and just be faithful. You know, at the end of the day, uh, I I told my family this not too long ago, at the end of the day, if we can, as believers, as God's children, just say, you know, by God's grace, we remained faithful. Mm -hmm. It's kind of good enough for me uh, in the end. And and you, too, are definitely people that have been faithful, and you have walked with the Lord, and you're a special part of this church here. So I I thank you guys for the example you've led and for uh, the willingness to be a part of this thing from from the very beginning. And pray that the Lord would continue to bless in these ways that you've talked about for many, many years to come. So that uh, hopefully 30, 40 years from now, there are other people (laughs) sitting around a table like this saying, I remember when God did this. I remember when God did this. So so 
your Grace Life story, it goes back uh, a long time, but it's not done yet. And we're hoping and praying that the, the story of Grace Life will continue in the years to come. So thank you for joining us today and telling us a little bit about your journey in grace. We hope you'll join us again next week for another episode of My Grace Life Story as members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. To find out more, visit gracelifeshoals.org. This podcast is a production of Grace Life Media.